Amen. Now, just because they sang that song. Yes, I said I could sit. Yes, you can sit down. Oh, boy. Get all the kids settled here. And Alicia, you can put up, uh, would you put up um, Ephesians 1? Now, this I didn't plan, but I'm going to. It's because of, no, not the Amplified, the King James. 116. Okay, now this is a prayer that Paul wrote. And way back, I heard uh, who I call my um, spiritual father, who's now in heaven, um, say that we should say this prayer every day. And I I didn't even, I'm not, this isn't even my sermon. I didn't plan on this, but the Lord said to put it up. Okay, because we were singing something because of what we sang. It says, it says, see, I cease not to give thanks. Now, I could say I cease not to give thanks for John and Joy. (laughs) And, you know, I do pray for for people, put their names in it for years, you know, just giving thanks unto the Father, giving thanks for them, making mention of them in my prayers. Go ahead. Keep going. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would give unto them. You can pray this for other people. Would give unto them the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. They start giving him revelation knowledge of him. Making it real that he's real. Okay? That the eyes of their understanding in their spirit man being enlightened flooded with light. It says actually in the Amplified that she, they may know what is the hope of his calling. What, what is the expectancy that they expect to be because they're a Christian? What is, what is the, um, what is, uh, sometimes I like to say the blueprint. What's your blueprint for me? <laughs> What's your vision for me, Lord? Honestly, we need to have a vision for the future of what, okay, Amen. what's, what's the, the hope? What is the hope of your calling me to be a Christian, okay? And what is the riches of the glory that I will get because I'm now called a saint? Yeah. Do you know you're a saint? Yeah. <laughs> Some people don't know that. Okay, I came from a denomination that only saints, if they were, they had been martyred or something, and they had to, and then they'd wait for two to three hundred years before they would declare them saints. This is saying, because you're born again, you're a saint. I've heard a lot, I've heard a lot of people say, a saint you ain't. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> 
this actually is, okay, that you may know what is the hope of God's calling and what the riches. You got, oh, you got so much that he gives you in here. Good stuff. Now, I may say some of the stuff, though, that you got to shape up on, just because the Lord told me to this morning. And what the riches of his glory, of his inheritance is in the saints. Go ahead. And what is the exceeding greatness of God's power to us? His power, now listen to what that says. His power to us who believe it. According to the, now this is, now he's going to say, give you an example. That power that you got is according to the working of his mighty power, go ahead, which he wrought or worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. Huh? We got resurrection power living in us. That's what that means. Go back over it. It, it's the, I don't want right now, not right now, but I mean, if you keep going back over that, he's talking about the same power he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead after he had been on the cross. It said that before that when he raised him from the dead and he set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Okay, so he put Christ there far above all principality, power, might, and dominion. Now, these are the four categories of demons, really. And every name, name of sicknesses, name of diseases, name of rulers, name of depression and oppression and, and uh, turmoil and, and all those things. Every name that's named. Not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. Go ahead. And he has put all things under Jesus' feet and gave Jesus. I just want to emphasize that's who it's talking about. And gave Jesus to be the head over all things to the church. Now, this doesn't mean every church in the world, but the ones who teach you how to be born again. That, that's what that means. Okay. That's the real church throughout the world. I found that out after not being <laughs> in one for 40 years. Okay, go ahead. Which, okay, that church is his body, which is his body. The fullness of that body that fills all in all. Okay, now put up Ephesians, well, before, no, keep that up which is his body. Okay, so you got different churches and, and they're born again, yeah. right? Yeah. And okay, so let's just say, which is, which is his body? Now, you, you come to a church and you're the arms. He's the head. Yeah. Jesus is the head. Yeah. Usually there's a five-fold ministry, apostle, prophet, pastor, evangelist, teacher. Pastors are usually the heads of churches though. Yeah. The other ones travel, okay? But the whole thing is, those are the shoulders, all right? But then you got the upper arm, you got the elbow. Who, who knows what you are? You are the body of Christ. The arms, the legs, the hands, the feet, the toes, <laughs> you know? And you functioned 
in a church to help it so that we can go out and preach the gospel. And see, the whole thing is taking your place in the church and doing something. You know, if you're cleaning the toilets, it's wonderful. Everybody wants to go into the bathroom and have... <laughs> it's true. It's, 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 you know, whatever. Cleaning and doing things that, you know, help other people. Because, you know what, you can have a pastor, and, you, and if there's nobody helping... He ain't going nowhere. <laughs> and uh, you can, we can't get along without any kind of ministry of helps. And it, and, it, and it can be the slightest thing. I mean, there was an older woman uh, that she couldn't do much anymore, but, but she started to take, like, stuff from the kitchen home and washed it, you know, did the washing. <laughs> yeah, and it's needed. You know, towels and stuff like that, dishcloths, cleaning things, you know, people who might go to the store, all kinds of things. So, okay, now here's what I want to tell you. Remember how it said you're seated at his own right hand? He said Jesus is seated at his own right hand. Put Ephesians 2.6 up. That's the big one right there. And he raised us up together. And he made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And that's the highest place of authority in the universe. Far above all principality, power, might, dominion, and every name that's named, sickness, disease, all of it. That, you know what? And we were just got done. He said, that song we sang, be unto me. Who sits at the right hand of God? Who else sits there? We do. <laughs> We're in, if you are in Jesus, you're sitting at the right hand. He, I mean, that's one of, the, he gave us the blood of, oh man, so much. And we're seated there. And it says that's the place of high authority. Maybe you could be in a prison cell, yeah. And you you go, huh, I can take it. I mean, maybe it's because the communists put you in there. <laughs> but, oh, I mean, there's so much in this. And as I said it over years and years and years, because they said to say it every day, and I did it. <laughs> and pretty soon I knew it. I, without trying to memorize it, you know it by heart. Pretty soon you're starting to get revelation knowledge of it. But see, there's a lot in the Word of God that God tells you who you are. He's given you a lot of benefits. All right, so um, oops. Uh, let's go to John 2, 13 through 17. And it says, in the Jews' Passover, King James, was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. And he found in the temple those that sold oxen and sheep and doves and changers of money sitting. 
And when he had made a scourge of small cords, a lash or a whip, <laughs> he drove them all out of the temple and the sheep and the oxen and poured out the changers' money and overthrew the tables. And he said to them that sold doves, take these things, hence, make not my father's house a house of merchandise. And his disciples remembered that it was written, the zeal of my house has eaten me up. Okay, one more, uh, Matthew 21, 12 through 14. And Jesus went to the temple of God, 21, 14. I guess it does say. Okay, no, go ahead back to 12, sorry. And Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves. Go ahead. This one gives more description. And said unto them, it is written, my house shall be called the house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. Go ahead. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. Now keep that up there. What I want to tell you was, what we're going to talk about is honor. You know, we just had a prophet here. And some of you weren't able to come, I know, all, every day, but um, I'm going to give you some scriptures also. I've got so many notes here, it's ridiculous. But, um, the, um, mm, what's happening in the church, and the churches have changed a lot, and what has happened is that the honor has left. Some of the honor for God has left yep. the church. Now, do you know that the word honor means, in the Hebrew, it means the same word as glory. Now, notice, though, after he, he threw out the money changers, because they were trying to make money in his church. That isn't what, what it's for. In fact, no church should have something out there being sold. It's okay, I mean, like, if you, you have, like, for, no, not that. That's different. Like, I mean, <laughs> she's at gymnastics and they sell, you know, kids from school sell stuff. That, that's bad. I don't mean that. I mean, somebody tries to come in and they set their stuff like on every chair so they can make a profit off of you. They can call you up or whatever it is, stuff like that. Okay, but as soon as they, he, he put out the dishonor, of the money changers, the blind and the lame came in the temple and he healed them. Yep. Healing power came. You see? See, a lot of things have to do with that. Now let's, this is going to, okay. 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 8. The, and you know, and that's why all that stuff is happening in the United States. And to be honest with you, they say it's this person's fault, this person's fault, that person's fault, it's the church's fault. 
the born-again church. They get it, did not take their place in the world. They be, started to backslide and just be half in and half out. See, now that was the whole thing. You go through 40 years of, there's got to be more. There's got to be more. My own daughter led me to the Lord. <laughs> because a teacher in high school uh, uh, witnessed to her, and uh, that teacher got kicked out. However, she... She uh, joined uh, Christ for the Nations or something like that. She's a missionary. Now, I'm talking, my daughter is 61. <laughs> this was when she was in high school. So, I mean, that was several years ago. But praise God. <laughs> okay. Okay. This know also that in the last days, perilous times shall come. Go ahead. It's, for men should be lovers of them own, their own self. Covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, weird affection. You can even put this in sexual perversion. False accusers. Accusing people, how about in politics, accusing people of, of stuff that's right. <laughs> Incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. It's happening, folks. You know, I used to read this, and it's happening. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Even like, just, just go to church, and it doesn't mean a hill of beans to you. I had enough of that in that, other, in that other place. See, you have to be real. You have to know God. It, there's a huge difference, and it, then it starts to make sense. Okay. Having a form of godliness, it's a form of it, but it denies the power or it's religious and it's just rituals. It's just like you do the same old thing all, every time. And uh, Anyway, <laughs> denying the power from such, turn away. Now this is the word of God saying this. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins Led, uh, led away with divers' lusts. <laughs> Hear that, women? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Way back, I saw stuff like that. I saw, I thought, what the? Why are they having those people into their house and they're, they're acting? It, it's goofy stuff. You know, honestly, I've seen that. When I stop and look back, I, I've seen some of that stuff. I thought, yeah, I'm not going to. And even, and they were starting, you know, they, this was the starting to be of Christians. They were so-called Christians. And, um, and it was just silly stuff. And they started to get way off. And I went, bye. <laughs> way off. Okay ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now is, oh, 
Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do those also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. Yeah. Now, Janus and Jambres, that was an Exodus, I was actually going to look it up. Exodus 7.11, just wait a minute, I'll get it real fast here. It doesn't say that much about him. Oh, Pharaoh called for the wise man skilled in magic and divinations and the sorcerers, the wizards and the jugglers and also those magicians of Egypt did sim similar things with their enchantments and secret arts. Witchcraft. Witchcraft. <laughs> a lot of it around here, honestly. There's a lot of it. Uh-huh. For... Okay, you don't have to, we're not going to go there that much. Okay, let's go to 1 Timothy 4, 1 through 5. Uh, let's put it in the Amplified. Yeah. Thanks, God. Well, that was 2 Timothy, this is 1 Timothy. But the Holy Spirit distinctly and expressly declares that in the latter times, and guys, you were in it. In the latter times, will turn away from the faith, giving attention to deluding and seducing spirits and doctrines that demons teach. <clears throat> Through the hypocrisy and pretensions of those whose consciences are seared, they're cauterized, who forbid people to marry. Okay, they don't forbid people yet. Now, I'm seeing something here in this next one. Okay, I've read this several times. Now, wait, I'm going to read. Okay, I'm going to read. Who forbid people to marry and teach them to abstain from certain kinds of foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving. You know that the whole philosophy they're trying to turn us green. Some of you may not even know that. You may not have read it. Millionaires are buying up land. Right here in Nebraska, we walked around it at 40,000 acres. We don't walk around 40,000 acres, but, but the edge of it we did and poured oil around it and said this will never be used to come against Christians. Anyway, anyway, think that green they're they're trying to get destroy they don't want us to eat meat anymore I, if you didn't know that that's right what's his name the millionaire billionaire uh, gates. gates bill gates land all over the united states and they they plan on killing all the cows even the horses all kinds of because, because isn't that, I mean, it's ridiculous. God created those things. And I never, I thought, what does that mean? And you know what? Now I see it. It's coming to pass. And it's green. It's green food. It's green this and green that. And okay. I thought I shouldn't even say this. But it was Ken's birthday, so my, my daughter and and her friend took us out to eat at a restaurant. I'm not going to say the restaurant now. Here in Fremont. <laughs> and, 
And I could see by their menu, well, they, you know, they asked if we drink. No, we don't drink. So, I mean, they gave us this can of stuff, and it was made, it was water, but it was like, um, there was basil in it. And I don't mean that, though, but it was, it was called like green something. <laughs> and there was green on the can. And I went, that's the, that's, that's what that. I, I just figured it out yesterday because they gave him a can of it for his birthday. <laughs> and they put a little bit in little glasses, you know, for that. And then I saw other things like were, were called uh, from the farmers of Nebraska. But I mean, they were, um, it was all, it was like arugula. Anybody with that, you know. And, and uh, it was just like, it almost looked like dandelion weeds and stuff, and I mean, and maybe some of these things, if you look into them, they may be, but, but I, I was just thinking, there, no, sure, McDonald's, don't they serve something that's like a uh, vegeta, I mean, they're trying, they want to get us to the point where there is no meat. I don't know how long this would take, and it probably will never come to pass, because God's going to intervene. I, <laughs> There's all kinds of crazy stuff because there's too much population. That's another thing. Oh, I don't want to get into that. <laughs> I'm saying crazy things now. <laughs> but, uh, but you know what? I, when I read that, I thought, certain foods, that's it. That's what that is. God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and have an increasingly clear knowledge of the truth. Okay, forbidding people to bury, they don't forbid you, but many, 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 many people do not know that, and I'm just going to go right there, and, don't, I, and I, I never accuse anybody, but fornication is living with someone before you're married, and it's, no, I know many people do it, but they, you're not supposed to, according to this word. And you know what? Because it'll, it opens the door to the devil. It's in here. Hundreds of thousands of times. <laughs> and, and it's just, it's, but it's almost like they may got to the point where they forbid you. <laughs> and I'm starting to recognize stuff that's going on here. Don't, don't, I mean, don't, I'm not, I don't ever condemn anybody for that. We just get them married. <laughs> A lot of them have gotten married. <laughs> okay, go ahead. For everything God has created is good, right? And nothing is to be thrown away or refused if it is received with thanksgiving. Boy, I tell you. Okay, so 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 5. I got to watch how long I talk here. I charge you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by and in the light of his coming and his kingdom, oof, herald and preach the world, word. In other words, put it out there, herald it. Keep your sense of urgency. Stand by, be at hand and ready. Whether the opportunity seems to be favorable or unfavorable, whether it is convenient or inconvenient, whether it is welcome or unwelcome, 
You as preachers of the word, you too, are to show people in what way their lives are wrong. Now, this is the word of God. We're supposed to do this and convince them, rebuke and correct, warning and urging. Now, if you got into 100%, that's about 75% of it should be warning, urging, correcting, but encouraging. And 25% encouragement. In other words, that's what God's telling people to do. Okay. And convince them, rebuking, correcting, warning, urging, encouraging them, being unflagging and inexhaustible in patience and teaching. In other words, keep, don't, don't get exhausted from it. Just keep doing it. For the time is coming when people will not tolerate or endure sound and wholesome instruction. But having itching ears for something pleasing and gratifying, they will gather to themselves one teacher after another to a considerable number, chosen to satisfy their own liking and to foster the errors they hold. And will turn aside from hearing the truth. This is the truth. And wander off into myths and man-made fictions. And as for you, be calm and cool and steady. Accept and suffer unflinchingly every hardship. Do the work of an evangelist, fully performing all the duties of your ministry. And I know he was talking to Timothy. Paul was talking to Timothy. But he's talking to us, too. See, God wants to do great and mighty things for us, but he's limited by our cooperation and participation. Now, we have to remember how God accomplishes his work in the earth through the body of Christ. And it's, it's vital for the church to wake up. It says that the pastor is supposed to teach him, the people are supposed to go out and do the work of the ministry. See, and to stay, to stay focused, put God first place, because the time is short, and there's lots of distractions and wrong directions. And I'll tell you what, time is too precious to present, you know what, a, a poor substitute for the power of God. So, you know what? Um... It was prophesied by Kenneth Hagin that a strong, when a strong, when honor was restored back to the church, that a strong and a great move would come and it would precede the return of Jesus, the rapture. And but that reverence and honor needed to be restored. Now, what the, uh, the word honor means the same as the word glory. And when honor is not given to God, the glory is hindered in churches. And it, we, need, we need to prepare our inner man for church. And, you know, if you don't take time to prepare, you know, your, your inner man, but you prepare just your outer man... 
which it took me a long time this morning because <laughs> I need to get a haircut. <laughs> anyway, see, if you don't take time to prepare one, do you, do you even prepare the other? And it hinders the flow of God. And when there's no flow of God, there's no moves of God, and you actually redefine what, what the flow of God is and what honor is so you can have it. Um, see, all of this is starting to happen, or it, it happens. Now, we, we, had, we had this preacher, you know, come in, and he, he was talking about a lot of this. So people, you know what, um, the honor, what are, what are some of the things that are going on in the world system? In the church is what I meant. Um, yeah, great deception. He said the greatest, in 2024, the great, the church would have the greatest deception that it has ever encountered. And people would be trapped and, and deceived by many things. See, people went into the world system and they pulled it into the church system. They threw out the old, and the result was powerless and faithless and honorless. And actually, our church is called old school, but I don't care. <laughs> you know, the truth of God's word, God never changes. And Malachi 3.6 says, I am God, and I change not. And then in Hebrews 3.8, he said, the, the, it says the word of God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and it cannot change. Because, I mean, there are people that talk about us, and that's another thing with the like, well, those, those the baptism of the Holy Ghost, that's burned up. It has not. Read the Bible. Read the word of God. See, honor, honor is a trait, though, th that mirrors the very... Essence of God. Essence means the whatness of God. What's in him is in us. You know what? And that, that honor has to be restored before Jesus can come back. Uh, and I mean, and it's even, even the way people dressed and start dressing and, and all this. And I don't, I don't ever say anything about that. I don't, I don't care as long as they're not in the ministry of helps. <laughs> You know, or if they're on the, you know, like this is an important place, the stage or, or the ushers and so forth, you know. And what does honor mean? It means high respect. It means esteem, uh, recognition. It means glory. It means joy. Um, so, <laughs> oh, Doug's got it now. <laughs> you know, it can... Now, there, there's movements of God, and some of those movements, though, also come from the flesh. Or from the soulish realm. The soul means your mind, will, and emotions. And there can be excitement, but excitement and anointing are not the same things. Anointing is the power of God. 
and it's the burden-removing, yoke-destroying, devil-crushing, mountain-moving power of God. The anointing is. And it is. And, and when you get to know the Holy Spirit, you know it's Him and not the flesh. See, He's in you, and He'll bear witness with your spirit. If it's he bears witness with your spirit that you're born again. He'll tell you if you actually get to know him and, and start to get into the word and pray and, and, you know, make him first place in your life. And you don't have to be some prude that walks around like, oh, I'm holy. That's religious. That it is. You're happy, happier. You're more joyful, you know. And, and even when stuff encounters come, you know what? You overcome them. In fact, you know, uh, we were for a long time we were teaching on healing, and um, that was okay. So, and the, oh, you hey, you guys are going to know this. We were singing because we sang it in school a lot. <laughs> Whose report do you believe? Do you remember that? I shall believe the report of the Lord. It was Ron Canoli. It was just the way he sang it. Okay, 2011 comes, and, you know, I just had a checkup, and, the, and they say, come back. And so then they do another mammogram and said I had cancer in my left breast. And so, and you know what? When the doctor told me, I was so used to... <laughs> to <laughs> he was with me because your husband's supposed to be with you. And so I kicked him and I said, and inside of myself, I went, whose report do I believe? <laughs> I honestly did. I was kind of shocked at my own self because I was laughing. <laughs> and so then he said, well, you know, he's supposed to talk to you because of insurance, 45 minutes. So he talks, you know, to us for 45 minutes about all this stuff. <laughs> and, um, and uh, so, um, and he says, well, you make up your mind what you want to do. You know, you can have surgery and, you know, I think we can maybe get it all this time and then we'll give you chemo and, and uh, yeah, radiation. Yeah. Okay. So I prayed for three months and I got in healing scriptures from Charles Capps. I still have the book. I don't have it with me. It is totally just, <laughs> it's worn out. <laughs> and I still say them. And, um, you know, I did it twice a day because it's called God's medicine. And so then I said, okay, I, I could tell that the Holy Spirit says do the surgery. And, um, so I did the surgery, and then the doctor says, well, now we're going to give you chemo and radiation. And I said, no, I refuse. Now, I don't, that's not for everybody. The Holy Spirit told me not to. The reason he did, he says, you're going to make it without it. And you are, you're, otherwise it's going to deteriorate you to a point where you can't, it's going to be hard to preach. Or I mean, or just, it'll be, you'll be so... You won't be able to do what you're doing because I started so late in life. I became, I became ordained at 54. <laughs> so see, but I became a Christian in 1980. So that's 44. Yeah. And I can tell you that uh, 
Pearson's, I was prophesied over that I was going to be a pastor, but I did nothing about it until 12 years later. I let God, I just let God form it. It happened. Because you, if you push yourself into that, it's, you're, it doesn't work. You do, you know, you let God handle it. And, um, and I know there was a lot of things because I'm a woman, but whatever. <laughs> I don't care anymore. All I care is about is serving him. <laughs> uh, okay, so anyway, I didn't take the chemo or that. And, and that, you know, after a while they could tell, they said, there's something different about you. And I said, well, I didn't say I was a pastor, though. I just said I pray a lot. <laughs> and he says, well, you're a praying woman. I guess you can get along without the radiation. And the <laughs> okay, so I'm here, and I still get mammograms, and they're fine. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, that, that's, I'm healed. Yep. And God is good, but I still say healing scriptures. There's a lot. And, um, you know, okay, well, what, how did I get into all that? Okay, I'm trying to be just led by the Holy Ghost on whatever. I've got lots of notes up here. Yeah. Okay, so, but the honor in the church, why, why did all this occur with a, with a changing in the churches? Coming from, you know, just wearing real... Uh, I, I'm never against anybody what they wear. Never, ever, ever. I won't say anything unless, like I said, they're in the ministry that helps. But anyway, but to increase the amount of people coming, they cut down the sermons. They started to put videos up, and this was user-friendly churches. And this is exactly what that prophet was saying. And see, now, the most successful church's ministry is not necessarily the largest church, but the one that has the greatest spiritual impact. You know what? So healing's taking place. People being set free. Things like that. See, there are large churches with no spiritual depth, like tall buildings with no foundations. And I'm not against... I'm just telling you, but everyone thinks they're successful because of maybe the new youth facility or the cafe or the amount of people coming or their casualness. But if those churches don't learn to honor the word Amen. and flow with it Amen. in the spirit, they will eventually fail. And I can remember when the, first, the church first started, Psalm 127 was one of, one of my things. It says, unless the Lord build the house... You, Jackie, will labor in vain to build it. So you let him, we let him build it. And see, you've got to be careful not to follow leaders, though, just because they seem successful by worldly standards. God's stamp of approval is the anointing. That's the burden-removing, yoke-destroying, devil-crushing, mountain-moving power of God. Amen. Go to uh, Luke 19, four, 41 through 44. And while he's doing that, I'm just going to tell you a scripture out of Lamentations. I'll just say it. 
Lamentations 4.1 out of the Message Bible says, oh, 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 how gold is treated like dirt. The finest gold is thrown out with the garbage. And that's what was happening in, in Lamentations with the, with the Jewish people. Because, you know, they had a lot of gold in the sanctuary and stuff. Now, do you remember, those of you who belong to this church, do you remember the gold brick prophecy? There would be gold bricks coming, and there would, would not be as many people, but they would be gold bricks. And some of them would come from backgrounds of maybe murder. <laughs> and it was like people from all kinds of the backgrounds, you know. Okay, so Luke 19, 41 through 44. And as Jesus approached, he saw the city and he wept audibly over it, exclaiming, would that you had known personally, even at least in your day, the things that make for peace, for freedom, from all distress that are experienced as the result of sin and upon which your peace, your security, safety, prosperity, and happiness depends. But now they are hidden from your eyes. He was talking to the Jewish people, his own people. Okay, for a time is coming upon you when your enemies will throw up a bank which, which, with pointed stakes about you and surround you and shut you in on every side. They would overtake them. And they will dash you down to the ground, you, Jerusalem, and your children within you. And they will not leave into you one stone upon another, all because you did not come progressively to recognize and know and understand from observation and experience the time of your visitation. What was the time of their visitation? That is when God was visiting you in the form of Jesus. The time in which God showed himself gracious toward you and offered you salvation through Christ. Now, uh, and sometimes you have got to know, and I, I, I'm not saying this because of me, and I'm saying it to anybody who is visiting, whatever it is, know the visitation of your pastor. Exactly. Knock off <laughs> skipping church so much. You're, we're in a time when it is absolutely key for you to go to church so you can go out there. You're going to be needed. Revival is coming. And man, every single one of you from every church that's born again, is we're going to be needed. We should be clinging together, you know, being pals with each other and, 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 doing, and doing the work of the ministry because we're going to be needed in this revival. Lots of people are going to come in. It's the truth. But see, they miss the time of the visitation. Well, I come when the... But see, the Lord will tell your pastor more about you than the visiting person. You know, like some, some very good ministers. You know, I mean, we have good ministers coming in. But, it, but it's, 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 it's very vital. Okay, 
So let's go to Ephesians 6, 1 through 9. I, Okay, there it is. Okay. Okay. Children, obey your parents in the Lord as his representatives, for this is just and right. Honor. There it is. Esteem and value as precious your father and your mother, for this is the first commandment with a promise. It actually has a promise behind it. The older I get, I can see that. I can see that. If you honored them, Look at Joyce Myers. I mean, she was sexually abused over and over by her father, but she still honored him. That all may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. That's That's the promise. Fathers, do not irritate and provoke your children to anger. Do not exasperate them to resentment, but rear them tenderly in the training and discipline and the counsel and admonition of the Lord. Go ahead. Servants. Now, that, that, it doesn't mean we're not slaves, we're not servants, but it could be even to your, um, to your uh, boss, you know, somebody you work for. How uh, about wives? <laughs> you slaves, you... <laughs> Yeah. My granddaughter's laughing. Yeah, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna get that in there. Right, right. Be servants. Yeah, our servants. Okay, they they could be, yeah, like you said, we've got a deputy sheriff here. And uh and there's all kinds of teachers, you know. Be obedient to those who are your physical masters, having respect for them and eager and concerned to please them in singleness of motive and with all your heart as service to Christ himself. Okay? Not in the way of eye service as if they were watching you. Okay, so you slack off, you know. You know, they're not... <laughs> Your boss isn't around, so you think, oh, I think I'll just take a little break here, you know, take another break. (laughs) Yep. See, and you know what I mean? And then as soon as they come in, you act like you're really, really busy. (laughs) How do I know that? I probably did it. (laughs) You know, how do you, really, how do you know all those things? Because sometimes I know that, but when I was a kid, I was, we're all, you know what, right? We've all done this one, I bet. How many people? (laughs) Even when it was in school, (laughs) right? Just (laughs) not in the way of eye service as if they were watching you and only to please men, but as servants, slaves of Christ. Now, to be a slave of Christ, you know it's not going to be bad. He's going to be nice to you. Doing the will of God heartily and with your whole soul. Rendering service readily with goodwill as to the Lord and not to man. Whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord, even if you don't feel like doing it. (laughs) Okay, go ahead. 
knowing that whatever good anyone does, he's going to receive his reward from the Lord, whether he's slave or free. You masters, act on the same principle toward them and give up threatening and using violent and abusive words, knowing that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven and that there is no respect of persons, no partiality with him. I mean, if you're the boss, don't, you know, don't, don't be a mean boss. Now, I, I just want to tell you some of the things that has started in churches, and I, I'm going to probably, I, there's no way I could get through all this anyway. But, um, okay, change is coming to the, the born-again churches. Not all of them, but some of them. I, I could tell you when um, I was born in 1940, and all I heard about, that was World War II. And I can remember hiding in closets because there was no radar and the, and the planes would come over and you had to, and yeah, we, mom and dad and we, all the kids would hide in the closet. And, um, and then at school, we constant, we were learning about to nix communism. It's the same thing as socialism, but worse. And so... Um, it, during COVID, as soon as, in fact, when January hit, and I heard about this stuff, and I said, that's communism. Yeah. There is no way anybody's going to control me. No <laughs> now, I wasn't rebellious with the masks, but that was a bunch of baloney. Yeah, because those germs, I did a study, they come right through the mask, right? Yeah. <laughs> They, can, they come right through. Yeah. Even, the has, yeah. even the real expensive ones do. Yeah. See, there's a nurse right there, and I was a nurse too at one time. <laughs> and they, they did. And see, and they, the whole point behind it was to close down the church. Yeah. And you know, we, had, we have got to stand up for that. Yeah. I, I cried when I heard that a church in California... In California, they couldn't even sing because they said as they sing, their spit goes out more. You know, I went, this is communism. And I mean, we can form like to 10 people, but we never, ever closed down. And I can tell you that more money came in that year than any other year since we had ever started. Now that was God. Because, you know, at some churches, it, it broke them, and that, that may be mad. Because we need the church. The reason all this is happening, because people have got to take their place in the church and, and not just be come to church because they want to be filled up with something, but come to learn so we can go out there and get people. Okay, okay I guess I said it. Okay, so what started happening? People started, and there, and he even told us there's somebody here that preaches, not here, but in the United States, yeah. preaching greasy grace. Yeah. Yeah. And everything you're, you're, and you know, you preach grace. And I know God said, receive my grace by faith, by what I did on the cross, and give me permission to heal you. Amen. He already did it. He died, he, all the pain that he suffered, 
He's done it, the healing, but we have got to receive him. Do you see what I mean? We've, we'll receive it. But see, but they were, they're, they're preaching, and, and it is true that when you become a Christian, you're, you're like God. You're seated at the right hand of the Father. That's one of them. That's wonderful. You take your authority, you know? But there's things the church is doing, and we got to tell people that too, not, not to do it, even if they get mad. <laughs> and um, okay, so, okay, but it was, it's, there's somebody preaching that? greasy grace thing and it's just like you're okay just do whatever you want to do and God will take you to heaven okay so see fake smoke started to come into their uh, strobe lights rock and roll concert music and see it was pleasing the flesh then it started and there is and I actually read the article that this I, I knew this pastor in Tulsa. <laughs> and all of a sudden he got goofy and said that there was no hell. Yep. No <laughs> but there is no hell and no devil. <laughs> I mean, all, you know, and so the manifestation of the anointing, and why did this occur? So, because to increase the amount of people exactly. in the seats. And, um, I know my son uh, and daughter-in-law accidentally in Omaha went, went to a church. They were just looking for one in their neighborhood. Yeah. And uh, they went to this church and, oh my gosh. And it was a church of 800, yeah. you know. And yeah, I think it's, gone it's, yeah, well, I don't know. But it's just, just the things that they did to draw your attention right. and only 15-minute sermons and then because the attention span of people yeah. is wavered. Sure, you make <laughs> So there, there's, there's, there's all kinds of things. And, and okay, they stopped, they started saying this too, that we did not need to, um, that first John, the book of first John, first John one and, and chapter two was not in the Bible anymore. And in that chapter, it talks about, it talks about when, okay, so you get born again and all the sins that you ever committed before are forgiven. However, you know, we all sin sometimes. And so if you know that deliberately, you say, God, you said, if I confess my sins to you, that you're faithful and just to forgive me. And cleanse me from all unrighteousness. That's First John one nine. It's John, <laughs> and um, and you know that's something we all need to do. In fact, repentance is a gift. You murdered somebody. Uh, what was his name? That he raped and murdered and cut their body up in pieces. Bundy. Bundy, yeah, and he went, of course, to, he, they caught him, and he went to prison, but we were in prison ministry for seven years, we in Omaha, but he, he got born again and spirit-filled, and of course, they did, you know, um, I don't know if he got the electric chair or the lethal dose, one of the two, but uh, he went to heaven, 
Now, there might be somebody out there that's a goody two-shoes. They never smoke, drink, tell dirty stories. They never do any of that stuff. And if they never receive Jesus in their heart, they'll never go to heaven. People, people say, that's not fair. Yeah, but it is fair. It, God, that's all he asks, to love him, to be with him. He, he wants you. And you don't have to be a prude. You can have fun, you, you know. Like, like I said, that it's the flesh. And when, when, you, when you get into the word and it's so rich and wonderful and, and you're so much happier because you know what to do, that, that's, that's where it lies. But some of this, all this fakeness is not, not going to, not, it's not going to get you to, you know, it's not. And, and God, I'm, I'm trying to look for a way, see, to, okay, to end this. Anyway, um, I have something written up here, and I, I believe I received the impossible. Because according to God's word, the impossible is doable. The heart of God is the Father. The face of God is the Son, Jesus. The voice of God is the Holy Spirit. But the hands of God is the church. We're the hands of God. And we're part of the body of Christ. We're not just the bride of Christ, but we're part of the body of Christ. And we need to take our place. Well, you know, um, I don't want to keep you much longer. I, I could say a lot more about a lot of things. <laughs> say it. <laughs> but... Um, So I'm going to, I'm just going to ask you, you know, if, if you've never received Jesus and you'd like to receive him, it's like it says, um, see, all those years I knew about God, but I didn't know God. So different. And all you have to do is say a prayer and ask him into, his, into your heart, but you have to mean it. Sometimes people have said it because their mom and dad wanted them to say it or somebody knocking on the door wanted to say it and they, I'm just going to say it so I get rid of them. <laughs> and that you're not, you know, that's, it's dangerous. Because what I see is when I got born again, Oh my gosh, I went gung-ho because I was looking for it all these years and not finding it where I was going. And it, it was good. They were good people and I learned things and I learned how to honor God for sure. <laughs> but, um, but I didn't know him. Amen. And there's a huge difference and it's more fun. Yeah, right, Denise, you, you came from a denominational, and you, yeah, you went, oh, now I know the difference. Yeah, and she's an ornery little girl, <laughs> ornery older woman, 
You're, yes, you are. <laughs> we got a few of those. Another one in the back there. Uh, you know, would you believe they're all in their 50s or 60s? <laughs> but, you know, 